you glory. Yes, Lord, we give you praise. Hallelujah, we give you all the glory. Yes. We got everything we need. 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 Lift them up. Hey. We got everything we need. We got everything we need. We got everything we need. Everything we need. Everything we need. We got 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 everything we need. Hey. We got everything we need. 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 Hallelujah. We got everything we need. Glory. We got everything we need. Thank you, Lord. We got everything we need. Yes, me. Yay. Yes, Lord. Yes. 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 Woo! Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. We give God the praise. Hallelujah. We give God the honor. Amen. Glory to the kings of kings and the lords of lords. Hallelujah. We welcome you. Soar International Outreach Network. This is our biblical study. Amen. And we're still in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter. Hallelujah. We're going to um, still... I just want you to know that our main scripture we're standing on is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5, Ephesians, Ephesians 6. But today we're coming, hallelujah, from, amen, we're coming from the book of Matthew chapter 24, because I said we will come back in the book of Matthew, amen, when we return on this week, amen. So we can continue talking about the spirit. We were talking about the spirit of deception also clearing up the spirit of lying, amen, and talking about, hallelujah, um, the spirit of heaviness, amen. So as we continue to go on with the series, let's just go ahead and worship a little bit, hallelujah. I thank everybody for joining us, amen, and I know for sure that the Lord God is going to bless you, you being with us, not only here live, but those that are coming into the sanctuary, those that are listening from afar, the north, the east, the south, and the west, amen. So may God bless you, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, so let's, um, hallelujah, hallelujah, so let's just go ahead and thank the Lord, hallelujah, Jehovah Jireh, hallelujah, amen, he's our provider, hallelujah, amen, and glory to God, hallelujah, thank you God, amen, glory to his name, amen, glory to his name, hallelujah. Now, glory, yes, Somebody, hallelujah. 
Thursday evening in some places, Thursday morning in others, Thursday afternoon in other areas. We thank the Lord that he has brought us in this house today, online, however we may be listening under the sound of my voice. Let's thank the Lord just for having to being able to be in his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't like that feedback that's coming back like that. So let's just thank the Lord God for being able to be in his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. It's too much movement. There we go. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Amen. So let's go ahead and prepare and get ready for our studies. I am Lady Apostle. We thank God for your wife, Sword International Outreach Network. Thank God for you, Apostle Joe, as well, and those that are here with us, Evangelist. Hallelujah. And those that are listening with us, God bless everyone. And we've been in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter, hallelujah, 10 verses 4 through 5, as well as being in the book of Ephesians as well. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for decreasing me, that the Spirit of God can speak through me, that the people, Lord God, can receive what it is that you would have them receive on this day. Holy Spirit, we thank you for speaking. We thank you for being, hallelujah, here with us. Amen. We thank you, O oh God, that you will speak Hallelujah. Speak with power. Speak with authority. Speak with us being made whole, oh God. Oh God, we don't take it for granted. On you that you're about to speak like never before. You are going to speak like never before. You're going to speak like never before. We thank you for speaking like never before, oh God. We thank you that your the power and your authority is being released through this word, oh God. And God, we just thank you now, oh God. We thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you. We reverence you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We thank you that this word will be a changer in our life. This word will release and pull down every stronghold. It will cast down every vain imagination. No longer will we be under the satanic holds that's been holding us. Every strong man shall be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. Every demon should be cast out by the spirit of God in the name of Jesus. Because the kingdom of God has come in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments or vain imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of God, of Christ. And we said that on this week, we will talk about offense because we began to talk about stronghold being a deception. Amen. And again, a stronghold is deception that's taking hold in a person's life. Hallelujah. It deals with incorrect thinking patterns. It's based on a believed lie by Satan. So it really don't exist. Satan, what he does is he's tried to get us to believe a lie, a lie that does not exist. God is truth. Amen. He is a father of lies. So he wants us to believe a lie, but it does not exist. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we don't listen to the lies. We listen to truth. So that's why I say it doesn't exist. Because we have to cast out every vain imagination. Hallelujah. We have to pour down every stronghold. So when we're pulling down every stronghold, amen, and we're casting down every um, imagination, vain imagination, vain means something that is contrary to the word of God. Vain means something that is not in the will of God. Vain means something that does not pertain to God. 
So when we pull down every stronghold, we're pulling down Satan's deception. We're pulling down Satan's lies. We're pulling down Satan's, hallelujah, um, accusations. Because he's nothing but an accuser of what? The brethren. Amen? And because he's an accuser of the brethren, he wants us to believe a lie. He wants us to believe that it's true. His, he wants us to believe that his lies are true, which his lies are not true. Amen? His lies are a lie. They're false. Amen? They don't, they, they don't, we, can, we, we, we don't believe the lies. Amen? Hallelujah. Make sure you share this with somebody because you're going to be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen and glory to God. So, the lie, so they don't exist. Hallelujah. Amen. It's an incorrect thinking pattern based on a lie. So people can get incorrect perception of God by listening to Satan's lies. Amen. And when we're listening, amen, to Satan's lies, we can hear God because we're so focused on the lies. But when we take our mind off of Satan, then we can believe the truth. Amen. And the truth will set us free. Amen. See, Satan wants us to believe that God does not love us. Remember we talked about that on last week. So he brings up old sin. He brings up old things, accusations. But one thing I said that once God forgive us, we come into a place of forgiveness with God. God throws them in the sea of forgetfulness. He don't bring them back. People bring them back. But God, he does not bring them back when we come and we repent inwardly to him. Amen. So strongholds are based, hallelujah, on lies from the devil. Okay. They can come in as a form of deception, accusation. And offense. See, accusations always lead to guilt. Accusations lead to condemnation, and accusation leads to shame. But God does not give us the spirit of guilt, of shame, or uh, um, or um, condemnation. Amen. He gives us the spirit of us being free, liberty, no longer hold captive of things that have happened in our past, amen? And because of these things, the enemy wants us to continue to, re- he want to continue to remind us of what God have already, what, washed away. See, that's why we got to understand that accusations always lead us feeling unworthiness. Accusations always leave us feeling like we're nothing, which weighs down on us. It allows us to be set apart spiritually from God. Strongholds are one of the enemy's assets in war. He uses them against us all day long because he uses us against ourselves because he makes us speak those negative words against ourselves because it is our words which have power and authority and that move things and make things happen. He needs us to turn on ourselves to say words that we really don't mean, but because of life and because of the things that we go through. But see, God has given us a weapon for which we can fight. The weapons of our warfare, what, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of Satan's accusations, Satan lies, Satan deceptions. Amen. So as we pull down of these strongholds, we have the ability to overcome the strong man. See, we're not, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's tactics. We can overcome all of his schemes because that's all it is. He is a schemer. A scheme is a plan, a design, a program of action. See, the Bible talks about the wells of the devil in Ephesians 6 and 11. And the wells of the devil, amen, is a trick, is a trap, a trap, a snare. Warfare entangles and deals with tactics and strategies. And the greatest generals and the greatest of those all that have come through such a great warfare understand 
the tactics, understand the strategies. The thing is, you cannot win without a strategy. You cannot win without knowing Satan's tactics. You will be blinded. So you have to overcome and and destroy his strategies through what? The word of God. Through prayer, through fasting, and through believing and knowing that God has already done it. To know that the traps and the snares that was hidden for you have been revealed to redeem. Amen. See, we fall into traps unknowingly. That's why we have to have our spiritual eyes on 24-7. We're delivered from the snare of the fowler. No longer do we have to live up under the fowler. We have been delivered and we have been set free from the snare of the fowler, which is a hunter. Satan is a hunter of souls. He wants to steal your soul. He wants to take your authority. Amen. And the thing is, we can release ourselves and others through God's word and through prayer. Amen. So one of the main tactics of the enemy and what he uses is deception. He is a liar and a father of lies. He wants us to be offended. Amen. So what is offense? I'm glad you asked. We came out of the book of Matthew 24. We started and we read. We said, now in verse 1, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And the disciples came up to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? And surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. So the the sign of the times and the end of the age goes on in verse 3 to say, Now as he sat on Mount Olive, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. See, Jesus already know that the enemy tactic is deception. So that's why he let his disciples know, don't let no one deceive you because they're coming to deceive you. He says, for many will come in my name. Many will say that they're saved. Many will say that they're called. Many will say that they're chosen. Many will say that they're of God. But... I am the Christ and will deceive. Hallelujah. He says, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. They're not, they haven't even been with Christ. They don't even have no intimacy with Christ. They don't even have relationship with Christ. They're just called these titles and these names just to be a deceiver. Satan is using them. Hallelujah. He's using them to get them into his plan amen and he says for many will come in my name we've already read that and six says and you will hear of wars and rumors and things must come to pass but the end is not yet we're seeing so many tornadoes so many earthquakes so many things hallelujah that is going on in this world so these are the end of the times these are the signs that Christ is talking of. He said, see that you're not troubled. Yes, many are going to be in tornadoes and earthquakes and floods and tsunamis. Don't get so caught up in grieving and and feeling sorrow because I'm telling you, these things must come, but the end is not yet. And he says, for nation will rise up against nation. Come on, we as a nation have risen upon one another. How the government have have acted towards even the president and just other, hallelujah, constituents in the political arena. How we even come against one another in our household, in our marriages, in the body of Christ, on our job. Hallelujah. So, therefore, we already have heard of wars and rumors of wars. 
See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Amen. For a nation will rise against nation. So you hear of different nations. You hear of Africa, parts of Cameroon, Nigeria, hallelujah, areas that rising against nations. Now you have Russia, hallelujah, that's rising against Ukraine, hallelujah, nations. You see all these things that are coming to pass. It says nation will rise against nation and kingdoms against kingdom. You see kingdom of light. You see kingdom of darkness. Those that we thought that was of the light but really there was a darkness you see them rising against those that are in the light the kingdom of light those that are in christ jesus they're rising up against one another you have the spirit of competition in the church people are competing just to be close to the pastor just to be close to the apostle to be close to the prophet to be close to anybody that has a prestigious title have power have money they're fighting over who sits in the front they're fighting over who gets the mic they're fighting over who sing the longest who sing up front who preach the most who sing oh messiah they're fighting they're competing they're saying my church is bigger than your church my church is anointed than your church i got more people over here that know god than you got over there that even sing god so there's so much competition in the church so that's why kingdoms rising against kingdoms amen the same ones that says that they are part of the kingdom of God is rising up another that's saying that there's kingdom of God. If we are the kingdom of God, we are one. We should not rise against one another. We only need to be rising up against one kingdom, and that is the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. We rise over the kingdom of darkness. We are the kingdom of light. So therefore, we only coming up against the kingdom of darkness. Why are we coming up against our brother and our sister and they call themselves Christians. They call themselves men, men and women of God. And we're gossiping about them. We're sowing discord. Hallelujah. We're letting the members come in and spread rumors and say this happened and that happened because they want positioning, because they want to be in the front, but they don't want correction. They don't know how to submit. They don't know how to obey the things of God. They are not obedient, but they are like renegades. They are like bewitched. Hallelujah, as Paul called it. And there would be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrow. Then they would deliver you up in tribulation and kill you. And you would be hated by all nations for my name's sake. All nations don't mean other countries. All nations mean people. The reason why you are not liked and you are hated is because you are with the kingdom of light. And because you're speaking the truth. And you know that it's true. And you know that it's true. So that's why the kingdom of darkness hates you. That's why they don't want to be around you. That's why they're trying to whisper in people's ears, don't go over there, don't go over there. They're this, they're that. Why? Because the devil never wants you to receive truth. If you ever receive truth, then you will walk out in your purpose and your destiny, and you have to come out of the kingdom of darkness into God's marvelous lies. Then you will be able to arise. You will be able to shine. You will be able to let your light come, and the glory of the Lord will be upon you. So listen, do not allow the enemy to deceive you he said all these are the beginning of sorrow amen all of this is for his namesake the reason why they are coming against your name is because it's because of jesus namesake because you're in him and you're speaking the truth any and everything you're going through is because of his namesake jesus died because of his namesake don't you know those that are in Christ Jesus is going to also be um, prosecuted because of his namesake? And it says, many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Let's stay right there. An offended, offended person is harder to win than a fortified city with a strong wall around it. Why? Because the walls were the city assurance of protection. Amen. In 1 Corinthians, hallelujah, 8, 1 through 3. Let's go there really quickly. Amen. Hallelujah. Still keep your bookmarks in Matthew 24. 
But right now we in First Corinthians chapter eight, and let's do verse one through three. Let's go. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Amen. So here it is. One through three. It says, now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, hallelujah, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Amen. Hallelujah. So therefore, it has caused us to justify ourselves rather than repent and um, of unforgiveness. So this um, offended person, like I said, it is like the walls that were the city's assurance of protection. They kept out unwelcome inhabitants and invaders. See, um, offended people who build walls will always be able to find scripture passages to support their their positioning they will always try to put god's word on it to make it seem or make it be justified of their offense amen just to keep others away but their interpretation does not correctly divide the word of god because the knowledge of god's word without love is a destructive force amen it puffs us up with pride and legalism which we come against the spirit of legalism see knowledge without the love of god will lead to deception especially when false prophets are around see jesus warned us then many false prophets would rise up and deceive many that's in Matthew 24. We haven't got there yet. So the ones whom they deceive are those who, come on now, dwell inside these high walls of offense. Amen. Where love has grown cold. You can tell someone's love by how they hug. You can tell one's love by how they greet you. You can tell one's love by how they forgive. So these fortified strong walls of offense cause love to be withdrawn with inside of the fortified wall. Amen. So it's an attempt to protect ourselves from offense. So a person that has been offended, they're going to have their guards up. So it's going to be hard for them to trust again. So they're going to be very careful on who they trust. They're going to be very careful on who they talk to. They're going to be very careful on what they do. See, their walls have been built up of offense. They don't even know what love is anymore because they feel like everybody is the same. So this spirit of offense caused them to withdraw. From those that really God has sent to be a blessing to them. So they protect themselves, amen, and they imprison themselves within these walls. So they're unable to relate deeply to those around them. So their focus is to turn inwardly as a intro introspective, amen. So we guard our rights in our personal relationships carefully. Yes, we do. But we put so much energy in keeping the walls of unforgiveness, bitterness, and just all these negative spirits so that love never flows. So therefore, we become injured. Hallelujah. So we decide that we cannot risk being hurt. We cannot give unconditional love. See, unconditional love gives others the right to hurt you, you feel. But unconditional love just gives love. And we allow God to do what he needs to do. So we don't go in feeling, oh, they're going to hurt us. Because the more you your incorrect thinking is in the forefront, you are setting yourself up to be hurt. 
trust is already built up. You already know, hey, I'm going to stand 10 feet back, even though they're two feet in front. So at the same time, we must learn to be gentle to all. Like 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 and 26. It says, and a servant of the Lord must what? Not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, and humility, correcting those who are in opposition. What does that mean? It means that those that are wrong, yes, you rebuke, you correct, but do it in love. Do it in truth. Do it in a way to where you're not, hallelujah, counseling those demons. Because we don't counsel demons. We cast them out. So we go in, hallelujah, gentle in love and with patience, with humility, to correct every wrong thing that they may be doing. But if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare, meaning the entrapment of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So when we win our brethren, it gives them the opportunity to come to God, to give true repentance, not run them away from God, not push them away from God, but we need to push them to God. See, many people are unable to function properly in God's purpose and calling for their lives because of hurt, because of being wounded, and mainly what we're discussing today because of offenses. So Satan, amen, he is the enemy of their souls, trying to deceive them and take them out of the will of God. So what he does is he incorporates these strategies. He laid the spirit of deception out. He laid the spirit of offense out. Those are one of his deadliest traps. He hide them. He bait them so that when a, um, a saint get offended, unforgiveness come, bitterness come, and then they encounter the offense. So they consume it, and it feeds on their hearts. And once they begin to feed on their hearts, it's already in their thinking. It's already in their mind. So they have already made up their mind. I am offended. You have hurted me. I, you have wounded me. And I can't hear you because Satan baited it real good. But at the same time, offended people produce only negative fruit. We supposed to produce positive fruit. Because the fruit of offense is circled around our negative feelings, our negative hurt, and the spirit of jealousy, the spirit of strife and anger and envy and outrage and resentment and hatred and bitterness all triggers down from this spirit of offense. Many of us are unable to function properly in God's purpose and calling because we have allowed the spirit of offense to take us out. That's why David began to talk about in Psalms 55 verses 12 through 13. For it is not as an enemy who reproaches me, then I can bear it, nor is it one who hates me, who have exalted himself against me, then I can hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, meaning a man of God, a woman of God, a child of God, somebody that always prayed, somebody that always called on the name of Jesus, somebody that was always in the face of Jesus. It was you. It was you that deceived me. It was you against me. Hallelujah. My companion, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together. We went to revivals together. We did Bible studies together. We prayed together. We cried together. We walked to the house of God together. So that's why, hallelujah, this was so hurtful. Amen. See, at the end of the day, offenses, they keep us handicapped. 
that in all things that we continue to do what first peter 1 verse 6 and 7 through 11 tells us in 11 hallelujah it says in this greatly i rejoice although now for a little while if need be you have been grieved by various trials that the genius of your faith being much more precious than gold that perish, though it is tested by fire. It is tested by fire. So meaning the fire of offense. We are going to be offended. Look what the Bible tells us right here in the book of Matthew. He says, and then many, he didn't say some, he didn't say one. He didn't say none of us call ourselves Christians. He says, and many will be offended. We'll betray one another. We'll hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. The Bible tells us this is what have come. So this don't be ignorant. See, God, he warns us. He wants us so that we will prepare ourselves. He wants us so that we will be aware. It's not that it's not going to happen. It's happening. So we are more, we're not eager to Satan devices. The Bible tells us not to be ignorant of Satan devices. This is Satan device for offense to come because guess what? It's coming. It's already there. False prophets are already here. That deception is already here. Amen. It says that you will be tried by the fire, but may be found to praise. We got to praise him through the offense. We got to praise him through the betrayal. We got to praise him when our acquaintance and those that ate with us and sat with us and done many great things in God with us rise up against us. We got to praise him. Then we got to honor God and give him the glory. Amen. And one way the enemy keeps us offended. See, this is a state of mind. The spirit of offense is a state of mind. Hallelujah. So that's why the enemy keeps us in an offended state of mind. Why do he do that? I'm glad you asked. To keep, hallelujah, us hidden and cloaked with pride. He wants us to be hidden away from God. He don't want us to hear God. He don't want us to be in intimacy with God. He don't want us to know that, guess what? We already know that offenses come. So what? We know that they're going to betray us. So what? We know that they're going to rise up against us and, and persecute us. So what? It's for his name's sake. Anything for Jesus' name's sake, it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Anything for his name's sake. So pride will keep us from admitting our true condition. You know, pride is like a cloak. A cloak that we wear around our neck. We know we're so prideful, we don't even notice it. Because we're so used to wearing it. It become our norm. It become who we are. So we feel like, oh, we it's not there. Because it, it, it comes and we're wearing it. When you're wearing something, sometimes you can't see it from top to bottom. That's how pride is. We're wearing it. Amen. It keeps us from admitting the truth. See, pride's Pride caused us to view ourselves as victims. We're always going around saying, somebody hurt me. They wounded me. I got church hurt. Oh, they did this. Okay. Yes. I know they did. And guess what? God will deal with them. I'm not saying that they didn't. And I'm not saying for you not to be hurt. But come on. Get up out of that rut. Don't stay in that rut. Cry a little bit. Kick a little bit. Go in. Travail a little bit, crowd to the Lord, make a joyful noise, but get out of that rut. Don't stay there. God will deal with them. He will, especially leaders. If we're doing that to any of his people, hey, the blood is on our hands. We're going to be held to a more higher esteem. Hallelujah. Because God trusts us with his people. But we become such a victim that we miss God. Because we believe that we have been treated unjustly. So we're hold, we hold back forgiveness. We feel like, no, because they did this to me. No, I ain't forgiving them. You must forgive them. They killed Jesus. And what did he say before he gave up the ghost? Forgive them. They, not, they know not what they do. Right on the cross, next to the one who really was a thief. 
next to the one who was the robber. And what did Jesus do? But feed the 5,000, the 7,000, the two fish and five loaves. Come on. Who? What did he do? Heal the sick. Cast out devils. Come on now. What did he do? That's what he did. Hallelujah. He raised the dead. What did he do? He gave life. And you tell me that you put him on a cross? And he say, forgive them. They don't know what they do. If Jesus, who was innocent, who committed no sin, could forgive those that put him on the cross, and we supposed to come from his 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 his, his most inner parts. We come from his bowels. We come from his belly. How can we say we're the sons of God and we allow unforgiveness to chase us down? We don't want to forgive because somebody has hurt us. Somebody have talked about us. So what? People going to talk about you. People going to say negative and bad things against you. I've learned not to wear feelings on my sleeve. I learned not to be controlled by opinion of man. Ask God to deliver you from opinion of man. Man going to always have their own opinion. Man going to have their own perception. But be careful. Don't let man put you in the box of their perception. And perceive you to be and do what they want you to do. Do what Jesus wants you to do. Because Jesus is outside the box. Amen. And though their heart's true condition is hidden, it is not hidden from God. So being mistreated does not give us permission to hold on to offense. Because the Bible tells us to love unconditionally. To love our enemies why did God put that in the Bible? Because he know that we got, we're going to have some enemies. To love our enemies. Love them. See, two wrongs do not make a right. Jesus said that our ability to see correctly is the key to being free from deception. When we have eyes to see the truth, the truth should set us free. So often we are offended. We see ourselves as victims and blame those that have hurt us. If we continue to point the finger, we will never fulfill God's purpose. Because you're going to be hurt every day. All the time. But guess what? Your greatest pain is your greatest anointing. Your greatest pain is the greatest glory upon your life. Because pain brings anointing. Pain brings the glory of God. See, if you never witness pain, you can never walk in such a great powerful anointing. Hallelujah. So quit justifying your negative feelings. Quit justifying your incorrect thinking pattern. Amen. That is just on the surface at that time because you are experiencing that. But go deeper and really find true love with God. Hallelujah. So that resentment would not remind us of others and how others hurt us because somebody can smell like somebody that have hurted you and you start not to like them. They can look like somebody that have hurt you and then you start not to like them. They can walk and dress like somebody that have hurt you and they have never been around you, but you don't like them because they have a an appearance of your old person who offended you. Resentment. Get away from it. Because Revelation 3 and 18 says, Jesus counseled and said, anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. So Lord God, I anoint my eyes. This is a prayer. This is a declaration. I, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare, I anoint my eyes with eye salve that I may see through the lens of God Almighty. He said in the bathroom that you will be offended and that what? You will be what? Betrayed. One will betray one another. When betrayal occurs, the relationship cannot be restored unless a genuine repentance follows. Sometimes you got to be the bigger person. Sometimes you got to say, you know, I didn't start this fight, but I ain't going to end it in fighting. 
I'm going to end it with love. You know what? Let me just speak to them. Let me just say, how you doing? We will go for years and not speak. We say, well, they ain't speak to me. I ain't speaking to them. They started it. Are you serious? Started what? Started what? Hallelujah. So at the end of the day, we must understand that we must not allow offense to take us out of the will of God. Amen. We must understand that the will of God should always be something that we focus on. So that means that forgiveness needs to be with us always because they will betray us. Amen. But we must look and ask God. See, you just don't go back and restore something um, in the flesh. You have to go in prayer and ask God, God, how do we fix this relationship? How do we restore this? So when you come and you ask God, this is bringing you into a place of true repentance. This is where repentance starts. When you can come and say, Lord, I know I didn't start the fight. But, Lord, if there's anything in me that I don't see that may have caused me to offend them, which caused the fight, Lord, show me. And, Lord, forgive me. I repent right now. So that right there free you if you was the fight, fighter starter or not. True repentance. So we must come to the place where we trust God, not ourselves. You can't trust yourself in always fixing the relationship. You cannot um, always um, trust yourself, hallelujah, I mean, you know, trying to do everything on your own, hallelujah. You can't trust yourself in trying to make things right. You have to take it to God. That's why most marriages, hallelujah, are such in a rut because we're trying to do it on our own. No, we need to say, Lord, I hand you. My marriage, because you know what? You should have already been that three-court foe. Because you said a three-court foe, meaning me, my, 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 my husband, or me, or my wife, and you. Not my best friend. Not my aunt. Not my mother. Not my father. No. That third person in that marriage is God. That's why a lot of our marriages are destroyed, because we bring in mothers and fathers. We bring in children. No. God, I need you. Hallelujah. We need not to protect our flesh. We need to be free of our flesh. Because when we don't trust God, then we allow our flesh to come. And the thing is, we think that that's going to protect us from our offense. And what that's going to do is drive us further into our offense and to be offended. See, the sin of offense is serious. And if it's not dealt with, Offense will eventually lead to death. People die from cancer. And they say, oh, it's just a generational curse. The devil is a lie. It's some bitterness that was there. Unforgiveness that was there. Resentfulness that was there. Amen. It, it's like cancer. It will eat away at your living body, your flesh. And yes, it is in death. But when you resist temptation to build walls of offense, God can bring victory. And we're going to close it right there, y'all, because it's that time. But we're going to come back on next Thursday. I'm excited because the Lord God just spoke to us on today how to overcome offense. The thing that he said that because they will deliver you up, hallelujah, to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations. And then he said, and then many will be offended. We'll betray one another and we'll hate one another. Matthew 24, verse, hallelujah, 10. That right there have spoken to us. And I pray that under the sound of my voice that the Lord God has spoken to you. That every spirit of offense right now is broken in your life. You will not leave this line offended. But you will go before the Lord God right now and ask the Lord God to forgive you of every spirit of offense forgive you of every spirit of resentment forgive you of every spirit of pride anything that will keep you away from listening to the spirit of god and being delivered because god already warned us that they will betray you and that many will be offended 
The thing is, you have to not allow that offense to affect you. Yes, you're going to be offended, but guess what? Love them anyway. Apostle, it's so easy for you to say, no, it's not. We have to learn to love more than being, being offended more because it's already said that it will happen. I can see if it was not said. Jesus said that many would be offended. He loved us that much to let us know that that spirit of offense would try to come and the enemy would be right there with bait to try to bait us in and take that spirit of offense and run with it. But today it is broken in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen and glory to God. May God bless everybody. May God keep everybody. And may the Lord God be with you. Until next time, God bless you. We love you. SOAR International Outreach Network, we thank you for joining our biblical studies in Jesus' name. God bless you.